Hello there. Don't be alarmed. We're just preparing your listening device for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We do this, of course, by filling the radio with water. Don't worry. We're professionals. Thanks to me, you won't even get wet. You see, I've crammed every appendage of my body into the cracks and crevices of your radio, ensuring an airtight seal. By the way, don't touch your on-off knob. That's a very sensitive area. Anyway, I should remind you, we believe in the buddy system just like diving, so don't listen alone. Call your buddy and tell them that Scuba Radio is about to begin. We're going to start a new life under the sea. So, uh, am I going to drown? Of course not. Just stay calm and let the gentle currents relax your every muscle. Under the sea. Under the sea. Did it just get warmer? There'll be no accusations. Just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Where the hell are the sharks? And now, here's your dive guide for Scuba Radio, Greg the Dive Master. And welcome to Hour 2 of the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. CJ's in the studio with me. And we have the Scuba Radio Scuba Squad connected via the web. Barry the Bugger, Jerry the Diver Guy, Bubble Boy, Vinny Two Tanks, Captain Wall Martini. And now we are uh, joined by a very special guest, the Diver of the Week, uh, which happens to be brought to you by the Shearwater Paragon and Bark on your adventure. His name is Hamish Tweed. He's in British Virgin, or wait, uh, uh, British Columbia. Did I got that right, Hamish? Am I? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. He's up there, yeah, Vancouver, in British Columbia, Vancouver, Great White North, and he is going <laughs> to tell us a little bit about. Well, one of the reasons he became the diver of the week is that he has discovered or helped discover these glass sponges in the bottom of uh, of this giant waterway up there. And uh, it, but it's like two three hundred feet deep, right? Hamish, is that right? Yeah, they they vary in depth actually. Um, that for but for the most part, uh, what we call the sweet spot is around two hundred and fifty feet. Wow! Um, so this yeah, is like rebreather of- diving, hardcore stuff. I mean, uh, this isn't uh, this is beyond the recreational stuff that we generally talk about here on Scuba Radio. But hey, look, if you have a Shearwater Paragon dive computer. You could dive with it, or you could, you know, use one of their other computers, the Tarek or whatever, and uh, and hook up with a rebreather. Which rebreather uh, system do you like to use most, Hamish? What is your rebreather of choice? You think um, the one that I use is uh, the Revo. The Revo, okay, all right, uh, very popular. We've talked about that quite a bit, but these, you know, if you have the skills, which obviously Hamish does. Uh, you get to do some pretty uh, crazy stuff, and and this you discovered these glass sponges, which we uh, well you you they they didn't realize they even existed uh, in that part of the world or or anywhere. Is that right? And you just happened to come across them on one of these dives up there in uh, Vancouver, or what? Well, yeah, they, they thought the uh, so. The- to sort of backtrack a little bit, yeah. Um, glass sponge in itself is not um, is not really rare uh, alone by itself. And what what will happen is these animals uh, like to attach themselves to usually something solid. So let's let's say some bedrock. Okay. Um, they're very dependent on current, and so you're going to find in a location where you got some tidal exchange, mm-hmm. and they'll be sitting on a rock, and they're and they're just gathering and filtering the water. So then when we get maybe seven or eight of these animals together in a group, we call that a sponge garden. A sponge garden, okay. Yeah. So and those those are, those are there's lots of them out throughout BC. Mm-hmm. But what makes um, the ones that we're diving unique is that um, 
what happens the process is the sponges as they age naturally and they die off um, their bodies break down and mix with the sediment and the sediment is a very like you guys are saying very rich in silica mm-hmm. and because that's and that's what their bodies are made of and so those dead sponge give life to new sponge that grow on top of them so quite literally they're growing on their great 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 grandparents wow and this cycle builds the actual sponge reef and that's what's unique that is what is thought to have gone extinct 40 million years ago okay it just basically dropped off the fossil record completely so we thought well they're, they're gone mm-hmm. um and it was actually in 1986 um up by the queen charlotte island so pretty far north up in british columbia um they're going to lay some line and before they do that they'll take an rov and just make sure they're they're not hitting anything down there right and they actually came across um a sponge reef uh, in, in a couple locations, and they were quite big and quite old, and so that was that was the big discovery that they even existed on our planet anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so they protected that as a heritage site, world heritage site. Um, the only trouble with it, as far as, as as us as divers or anybody being able to see them, is they're three thousand feet deep. Ouch. So you're not even going to get most submersibles won't do that kind of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was in 1998. Uh, they, we found them here in Howe Sound and I actually wasn't part of finding them initially. It was a gentleman named, uh, Glenn Dennison. And he's part of what we, there's an organization here and it's, it's citizen scientists and, uh, uh, their sort of goal is to protect marine life. If, you know, if we find something, um, fishery hatch, uh, hatcheries, uh, stuff like that. Right. Um, and so they'll try to step in and make, uh, bring awareness, um, to that. And so actually just by chance, he was out diving with his daughter. And they dove at this spot they hadn't dove before, and the sponges just looked different. And when he came up, he was talking to a couple of colleagues at the Vancouver Aquarium, and they went back down and made the discovery that this was actually a sponge bioherm, meaning ancient growth. Hmm. Um, we refer to them as reefs because people can identify. And when, when I say a reef, you can sort of have a better idea what I'm talking about. Right. But the technical term is actually a bioherm. Okay, and actually, Hamish has been really nice to uh, provide some pictures that we do have on our Facebook Live feed. Uh, right now, he is actually uh, superimposed over a uh, a reef of glass sponges. That's One impressive, and they're kind of like uh, if you know, if you're not familiar, I, they're I don't know, they're loosely like tube sponges in a way, but they're pale and white, probably because they're so so deep, they don't have to have color. You think, or do you do we know, or yeah. what? Yeah, though they're actually they're multiple color, and mm-hmm. we the theory on that is where where they get their color. Sometimes lack of it's uh, what the animals are doing is they're they're filtering mass amounts of water, and what they're filtering, what they're catching is plankton, and in that plankton there's bacteria that live, and they're actually extracting the bacteria. So we think it might depend on what type of um, uh, plankton they're they're getting a hold of. Right, it might dictate color a little bit but we're not okay sure. all right so like if they're i mean they kind of look white uh behind you uh and, yeah and obviously i would imagine they're pretty fragile are they hard like glass too or are they kind of like that spongy silica type material no which is, they're they're very brittle you're yeah. right they're, if i if i was to hit that one behind you with, with my fin you'd cut it in half easily. wow barry the bugger would like uh to are, comment are, or what what do you, you have said there? that they use uh, they ingest bacteria or does back because you know coral uses bacteria that's where they they have a symbiotic relationship with the bacteria that helps the coral live so are these like the middlemen between coral and other sponges sort of like the missing 
The missing yeah. link? It, it's yeah. a good question. I, I think they're just using the bacteria as food. Because um, you know, a lot of people look at them and think they're a plant, and they're not they're actually not. They're an animal, so they're using this this food. Uh, they eat it, they absorb it into their body, and then from that energy, that's how they grow. Yeah. Okay. So it's so, like blue cheese, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it's accurate. But so uh, the sponges are old and brittle, like say Greg. No, no, I'm much more <laughs> stiff. They're, they're yeah, they're kind so of spongy the, and the ones on. we're finding in Hal sounds. So that, that that first reef was found, um, and Glenn took it on himself, saying, "Well, if we've got one reef here, is it possible we could have more?" And he spent the last twenty years um, going out on his boat every Saturday and taking a chart and looking at a chart, saying, "Okay, well, we have a sea mount, mm-hmm. and that's a that's just a basically your, your, the bottom of this, the ocean is coming up onto a, a large mount, and most of these sea mounts in Howell Sound start somewhere around six seven hundred feet." Wow. And the top of them is about 250, 200 feet. And then we're finding that's where the sponge um, have developed and in, in have made these reefs. Hmm. And, so, and how big a round are we talking about? I mean, you're not, uh, uh, it sounds like if it's the top of a pinnacle, we're only talking about a few hundred yards across, maybe, if that, not even. There's a couple that are, you, that's exactly right, that are sort of like a long, almost like a cylinder shape. And um, they're no more than, let's say, a hundred feet across and maybe 400 feet long mm. to give you a basic idea. And then we have a couple that the, some of the bigger ones that are deeper. Yeah. Um, and there's one that we've done multiple dives on and it's about 30 acres in size. Wow. Okay. But I would imagine just from the pictures you're sharing with us on uh, Facebook live today, that it is a surreal experience to dive down there and come across these stuff and then, and then start sh- shining your dive lights on them. It just, you, you have to feel like it's another planet kind of deal, right? It is. It is quite amazing. Um, and, and, you know, it's the biggest challenge for us is what we're doing is we're, we're trying to document them so we can bring attention to the fact that they're there. And if we can get attention, we can probably push for protection. Yeah. And that's what we're, that's where our main goal is. These are the only known glass reef sponges in the world that wow. are reachable by divers. Yeah. You don't want them Only tore up by uh, anchors and God knows what else kind of construction. Prawn traps, going. crab traps, yeah. um, any kind of long line fishing. Yeah. Um, and that, and that is their biggest threat right now is us. And that's, you know, I, I call it the dodo bird effect. The, the dodo bird effect. We, we experienced that quite a bit here with our scuba radio scuba squad. We'll explain both versions next with Hamish, who happens to be the Diver of the Week, thanks to our friends at Shearwater Research. That's coming up next on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. Hi, Larry. Florida's funny lobster season is open and the divers are coming for us. Fear not, my quaking crustacean. We're way too fast for those bubble-blowing morons. But they have the equalizer. The equalizer? The equalizer is a lightweight lobster snare with a one-handed band-powered trigger that grabs lobsters fast. Get your equalizer now at Florida Dive Retailers and at lobstersnare.net. Larry, duck in. I can see your antenna. Yikes. The equalizer lobster snare at lobstersnare.net. 
Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explore Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explore Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explore Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explore Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explore Ventures liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had. It just doesn't get any better. Save us St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos, the Galapagos, Maldives, Indonesia, humpback whales, and the Silver Banks, new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time. Call one of their talented travel consultants to find the Explore Ventures liveaboard experience that's just right for you. 1-800-322-3577. That's 1-800-322-3577. Or visit ExploreVentures.com. That's ExploreVentures.com. Power, simplicity, reliability. It's what you demand of your dive computer, and Shearwater delivers. Shearwater evolved out of one tech diver's need for a reliable, easy-to-use rebreather dive computer and quickly became the tech market leader. Now recreational divers have taken notice. The Shearwater Tarek is the best, most intuitive, and reliable wristwatch-sized dive computer on the market. Check it out in the entire line at Shearwater.com. Shearwater, dive computers for demanding divers. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Why, Dr. Jones, whatever are you doing in such a place? Why don't you come on down here? I'll show you. Hi, this is Amr. I'm the ops manager for Grand Sea Explorer with Explorer Ventures on the Red Sea. Walk like an Egyptian. You are listening to Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Here's my close personal friend, Greg the Dive Master. For the Arabic listeners, the understanders who understand Arabic, he's a guy who is a show that is great and has a information lot of information, so listen to him. What are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? Oh. I'm wondering if something got lost in translation there, but okay. Yeah, I think it did, but that's... Uh... That's okay by me. I am Greg the Dive Master. CJ's in the studio with me. We have the Scuba Radio Scuba Squad connected via the web, plus our special guest right now, who is the Shearwater Diver of the Week. That'd be Hamish Tweed. And, and by the way, if people want to get a hold of you, Hamish, uh, or find out more about these glass sponges, where can they go? Facebook, or you got a website we could send them to? What do you think? Yeah, we, we got both. Um, it's, it's the Glass Sponge Research Team on Facebook, and... Uh, we post up some short videos and uh, some of the pictures and what project, like where we're at, you know, um, what dives might be coming up. Okay. And then we also, uh, we're just revamping our website, trying to expand it. And that's just, that's glassponge.com. Okay, there you go. Glassponge.com. Makes sense. Now, you mentioned the uh, dodo bird effect, which brings me to Jerry, the diver guy. I think he has a comment or question. Well, I what? just want to know, like, you know, a barrel sponge or whatever can get really big round right like how how big around are the glass sponges they're a bit more intricate in that um you have like spiculas which is sort of you can see behind me yep you know i, I call them tubes. yeah they right. look like tubes like tube sponges exactly yeah. almost look like an yeah. organ and and it's it's that water passing over the top of that 
Actually, you know what? They look like intestine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And they vary in size. Like you said, they vary in size and color. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank, thanks. Thanks. Looks Greg. like he's at the adult superstore. Oh, quiet you. Hey, all right, but uh, all right. So, so that's kind of what. And once again, uh, Hamish is nice enough to share some of these uh, pictures on Facebook Live. So I uh, go there and look at the video if you so uh, prefer. But there, they look. Uh, they definitely look fragile. Just you know, when you look at something like that, they, you know, it kind of looks like something you would see in a cave because they're whitish, you know, like stalactite looking type things. But uh, but but like you said, they're extremely rare. We didn't even know they were there. So the idea is to uh, make people aware that they're down there in uh, in Vancouver in this area, and we got to make sure they're protected so they don't just get wiped out by anchors and construction and and you know. Yeah, you have a tendency to forget about stuff you can't see. Is that right, Hamish? I think that's exactly it, Greg. You know, if it's it's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, most people, you know, when I talk to them about it, have no idea. Uh, in fact, I even have divers say to me, "Why would you bother going past seventy feet? There's really never anything to see." Hmm. Which always makes me kind of sad because I think, "No, there's quite a lot going on down there." Well, evidently, I actually yeah. got a couple of pictures to yeah, to, yeah switch, share with you. Absolutely, so, switch those around. I think uh, Cap Maldi Martini might have a comment or question too while you're doing that. Well, what do you have for well, us? They, they look a little bit to me like Dendrogyra cylindricus, which is a pillar coral. They're just uh, uh, they're all. Yes, a filter feeder is, is that basically the same thing? What do you think, there, Hamish? Um, there's probably lots of similarities, mm-hmm. uh, but I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, you know, my side of it, guys. I'm the diver. I'm not the actual scientist. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So, but, so you know, it just depends. But pillar coral and a mix of tube sponges might work. Or, like I said, if you're not familiar with that type of stuff. Uh, you know, think of uh, intestines, really big intestines that are cut open and just sticking up out of the ocean floor. Don't like that mental picture, do you? No, everybody's clean, looking at right? me like, what are you? What is what wrong the with hell you? What are you talking about, Greg? I what? what it, whose intestines are that beautiful and white? After uh, uh, after a lunch of Mexican, <laughs> it could be yours. Anyway, moving on. Uh, how often are you going down and diving these things? Uh, up there in that part of the world there, Hamish? Well, that's that's kind of a trick. Um, the, the waters in Howell Sound, um, it, it, it's, they're up to about 1,000 feet deep. Um, and we've got at the very uh, at the very end of, uh, of the sound, there's what's called the Squamish Valley. And as soon as that starts to warm up about midday, the wind picks up. So we're really controlled by the, the, the weather. Yeah. Um, and the other one is, is because it, the, the amount of current that's moving through that sound is tremendous. We have tidal exchanges upwards of 15, 16 feet. In oh, some, wow. In some okay. Days. So no. you got to hit it at slack tide because if you don't, yeah. God knows what you'll be doing. <laughs> you'll yeah. be shipped it, out to it, sea somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the, the sponges are there because of that current. That, that's, what, that's what brings them their, their food. Got it. So we, we have to pick a day that basically has maybe only a two-foot exchange. We have to hit it right on slack. It has to be daytime because we can't do it at night. Yeah. Um, it has to be weekends because my entire team, we're all volunteers. We, it's all, we spend our own money to go and do this. Uh, nobody's paying us to do it. And uh, the boat charters have to be available because I mean, they're a business and they got to operate and make money. So we got, they got to give us a day. They also volunteer their boats, their crew, their time. So you know, realistically, with the tidal exchanges, we probably get about six times a year. Okay, get on some of the deeper sites. Got but, it. And, and uh, know, water temp is typically uh, what? What is it? Uh, 
It's. I'm, I'm guessing. Forty-eight degrees. Forty-eight. Oh boy, the shrinkage meter pretty high. So that's a, that's a <laughs> Greg high is never meter. heading up there. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, hey, <laughs> I, I I'm not uh, certified on the rebreather, the Revo. So that's my so, excuse. <laughs> Jerry, what? So what dive operators are you all using up there? We got a couple of people locally that uh, have dive shops and uh, and and uh, run uh, charters as well. Yeah. So do you see really other annoying. stuff, uh, Hamish, down there when you're looking at these glass corals or glass sponges, like you know, like some uh, three hundred you know year old lobster or something that it eat you or. I mean, it, <laughs> in other words, Godzilla. Yeah, Humboldt something squid, right? Slee stack. Uh, yeah, we've seen some squid. We've got uh, we've had we have some sharks visit us. What, what um, type of sharks? Uh, well, there's a couple different kinds. There's one that's a smaller one. Uh, its nickname is a dogfish, but it's a it's about a three yeah. to four foot, you know, full grown, uh, mature one. Right. Um, and they're they're super skittish. Yeah, it's actually nice to see them because they're kind of uh, you know they're they're cleaning up any of the older fish or anything that's, you know, hurt or injured. And, and it's right. But nothing down there of the reef. where you're swimming around at 250 feet and go, oh, my God, that thing could just inhale me and eat me. You know, a giant <laughs> octopus or something. I mean, because it, it well, looks so out of worldly where you're diving. They're, they're quite the curious, actually. Um, and we also have a larger fish. It's the third largest predatory uh, shark in the world, and that's a six-gill. But we've only seen that mm. once. Cool. Okay. Well, that's so, awesome. Now we're talking. Good so, stuff. Uh, so we have a we have a Facebook Live question from Gerald Pratt. Yeah, what's the shallowest depth that you would find the glass coral? About two fifty, wasn't it at the top of the pinnacle? Isn't that what you we said have, earlier? We have a couple of spots that are actually shallower. Yeah, um, we found there's five. Well, in total, right now there's seventeen reefs that have been discovered throughout the entire Sound, and nine have got protection from the Department of Ocean and Fisheries in Canada. And there's five that are shallow in the sort of 150-foot range up to about 115 feet. Okay. Well, borderline recreational there. More coming up. Stay close. Scuba Radio. Scuba. Scuba Radio. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master, Hamish Tweed uh, from glassponge.com. Is it, do I got it right? Glassponge.com, Hamish? Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, go the, there. Uh, yeah, okay, that is the website to learn more about these sponges and the project they have to protect these up there in uh, Vancouver, British, uh, British columbia columbia yeah and diving well, you said they, they found some of these sponges as shallow as 115 but it's i mean this is technical diving if you're going to try to go down there and do that and uh wouldn't be for the faint at heart for sure considering the water temps and currents and god knows what else but it's amazing work you're doing homage so congratulations on being the sheer water diver of the week it's well uh deserved guys you know, and if you're going to do all that work, you might Thanks as well get it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you, you need to be uh, recognized at least for a week. 
and that's what we're giving you uh, this week. Well, so, great. Yes, Greg, Jerry. What? How, how deep was you when you first discovered the glass sponges? I didn't. Hamish uh, and his. Well, team I'm did. asking him, Greg. Oh, okay, just check let him reply. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and Glenn was with his daughter, and they were diving on uh, a small seamount, and they came across the the very first bioherm in House Sound at about 120 feet of water. So that was one of the shallow ones. And okay. that's really how I got pulled into the project is because as they started discovering some more of these reefs in the sound, they weren't at 120 feet. They were at 250, 280, you know, right all, all the way down to about 350, although we haven't done much exploration down there yet. But uh, um, there's a lot to um, document and research you know, in the two, even 200, 250 range. But that seems to be like you just saying the, the, the sort of sweet spot. Got it. Um, I think it has, it's a constant temperature. Like at mm-hmm. 120, we have temperature changes, but at 250, you don't. Um, right. And uh, they've located themselves obviously on these reefs where it's maximized the most amount of current. So most amount of food coming to them. There you go. Well, that makes sense. Glassponges.com. Go there, check it out. Hamish, thank you for being on Scuba Radio today. We appreciate it. Congrats on being Diver of the Week. And we got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. They start to passing out the gear. They hand me my flippers, fins there, and I slip them on. Then they give me my mask. Now I'm about to put my mask on when I look over and I see 23 people spit into their mask. I'm going, now what is this for? But I figured it was one of them life-saving techniques. So I put a lot of spit in my mask. Because I didn't want to get down there and run out. Well, I'm off the deep end. Yes, sir. I'm off the deep end. I'm going down on a sinking boat. I'm off the deep end. Don't you roll. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. CJ's in the studio with me. We have the Scuba Radio Scuba Squad connected via the web. That's Barry the Bugger, Jerry the Diver Guy, Bubble this Boy. Message. Yeah, just quiet, you. Uh, Bubble Boy, uh, Vinny Two Tanks, Cat Moldy Martini, a empty chair uh, for Mermaid Kristen. And Hamish is still with us on uh on uh on on facebook live and we're going to brighten his day well i was gonna say hamish you're welcome to hang but you're diver of the week so if you have more important things to go do i totally understand but if oh i'd love to hang out with you guys all right you know he it's it's kind of like a car wreck you have to slow down he's take a good look he's new he doesn't know any better right that's why that's why he's going to move to you to the usa and he is for me Oh, <laughs> for president, oh, buddy. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. Well, Hamish, I will apologize, uh, at least for, for here on out, because it's only going to get worse. Trust me. All right. <laughs> Which brings us to a couple little uh, news nuggets that we got to share with our crew today. Um, Greg and his nuggets. 
Avatar 2 that we've been talking about is being filmed in, uh, I believe they're still in New Zealand from what I'm seeing from some of my contacts that's working with James Cameron and their crew, uh, finishing up filming on some stunts and things. And, and your uh, contacts are Google. No, no, they, no. I know some of the people that were. We've had really? Liz on. Yeah, we've hey. had Kirk Crack, Free Divers that are working with uh, James Cameron. Actually, uh, Kurt uh, Crack, who is a Kurt Crack. Guy. Uh, guy behind uh, performance free diving. He, he actually shared a story on Facebook this week, which I thought was pretty interesting, and in how he got this gig of working on Avatar two and three, which is once again in production right now. And he, they, you know, he's obviously an exper- experienced free diver, and there's a lot of free diving stunts going on in Avatar uh, these films because they're. You know, he, uh, James Cameron's pulling a lot from the ocean as far as weird creatures like, you know, glass sponges and stuff. That's the kind of weird, you know, animal-like structures you might see in the world of Avatar. And they're working with the uh, actors uh, in evidently water-type environments. That's what uh, Avatar 2 and 3 are going to be heavily focused on. But Kirk shared something on Facebook this week, which was how he got the gig with James Cameron. I mean, that that's a pretty prestigious thing to you know go work on avatar and and stuff and i I, and i didn't know this isn't a me too story is it what do you mean me too you know what i mean no what are you saying greg i'm saying he shared this story on facebook of how he met james cameron and got the gig and evidently he was on a on an airplane and james cameron and his wife were up in first class and he was flying coach but he he saw that james cameron was on the aircraft and at some point, he got up the nerve during the flight to go up into first class and say, hey, Mr. Cameron, I'm a huge fan and uh, don't want to bother you, but I just want to say hi and introduce myself. I'm a free diver. And James Cameron, as we've talked about before, uh, is a big diver himself. He's part of the Explorer Society. He's done the Titanic stuff. He's, he's basically the excuse or blame of why Scuba Radio exists because his movie Abyss is what inspired me to learn how to become a diver. Uh, back in the day so from so, the abyss to abysmal and that's Correct. how it all came back around to greg right well i said you know <laughs> it's a wonder if he hasn't asked greg to be in the movie well you know i i it, it needs to be organic just like what happened to kirk for me but you I, are I organic, love, greg. i would like to have james cameron on scuba radio but i don't want to reach out and, and go after him i just would like it to just Look, happen <laughs> we'll be on a flight dive, master we'll be on an airplane like kurt and i'll go up and bug him and then they'll yeah. call security you know He'll be taking his trash the, out and greg will pop out of the can right <laughs> do me a favor greg but uh kirk shares his story it's pretty cool that you know that's what happened he said they they ended up talking for a bit and uh because they had you know, uh, that common bond of diving. And he, he said, by the way, how long can you hold your breath? And he said, well, over 10 minutes. He goes, okay, I, I uh, just happen to need somebody who can do that. And Kurt got the gig. And, uh, you know, it was just timing. And, and that's what he said. I guess this was a year or two ago it happened. And he shared that story on Facebook uh, on the anniversary. He goes, it was like you know, two years ago today, I, I had this chance meeting with James Cameron, and now I'm working on Avatar 2 and 3. How cool is that? And I would agree, Kurt. That's pretty freaking cool. Just if you do meet him, Greg, on a plane, don't don't mention Sharknado. Why? Yeah. That, I got to go over my uh, my portfolio. No. That's, All you have to do is mention Sweaty t- Florida Tourist. Sweaty Florida Tourist and Sharknado 3. And you're, you're man for life. That's it. 
Oh, wait a minute. Bam. You don't want to be branded a hack. Well, I'm not a one-trick pony. I can. I, I need to expand my movie credits. You're a hack yeah. pony, Greg. Yeah. But look, you know, it, it could happen, you know. And when hell freezes over, James Cameron will <laughs> call me up. That's what I was getting ready to say. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. Okay. It's getting cold out here. Anyway, but that's uh, it, it's kind of cool that they're going to be doing more water stuff for Avatar when these movies come out. I think 2021 or 2022 uh, is when they're slated for. But Can't it's, wait. It's been in production for quite a long time, so it ought to be a friggin' masterpiece for as long as they've been working on this stuff. But neat little story. <clears throat> and I actually saw some other stuff. <clears throat> That uh, Sigourney Weaver is reprising her, her role in those films. And, uh, and I wonder if uh, Liz, our friend Liz, is probably working with her because she evidently had to be trained on how to hold her breath for like, you know, six, seven minutes for some well, scenes. Avatar and Kate Winslet, Kate Winslet's in it, too. And so they've all went through this free diving uh, training so they could do this stuff. Yeah. What are you well, reading Avatar there, Avatar 2 is coming out in 2021. Yeah, okay. Well, so they say, but who knows if it makes that this, still. This damn COVID right. stuff. Yeah, that could push it back. That's what I was uh, alluding to. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But the fact that our diving community, loosely connected via free diving, is getting uh, you know the Hollywood treatment, and uh, maybe it'll just shine more light and bring more people into the activity that well, we love. I mean, it has to, Greg. I mean, mean, there's no... There's no ifs ands buts about it i mean if you if you enjoy the water and you enjoy these movies you you're going to be attracted to it to learn to either free dive or scuba dive right i agree i agree and see i love are you going to go see these magnificent creatures other than going to the aquarium aquarium yeah i think that's what he said yeah what whatever (laughs) it's hillbilly the aquarium i approve this hillbilly okay who's drunk I, you know, it's anybody's guess what uh, James Cameron will put in the Avatar movies this time. The first one, I was just blown away. I really loved it. You weren't a big fan, were you, CJ? I never saw it. You Well, you have never seen Avatar? Do, do I have to watch the first one to understand the second one? Or can yes. I just jump right to it? Uh, it might make sense, to, a little bit more sense. But you, I'll tell you, I can't believe you still haven't seen that movie. I heard some not-so-great reviews. Oh, those are well, idiots. No, if you're a scuba diver, you you would see all these alien creatures that they feature in the movie Avatar and go, hey, I've seen that. I've seen that in the ocean. And a little Christmas tree worms and things like that. He borrowed so much of the alien life design and stuff from ocean critters. Uh, Or I could just go diving and see the real thing. Well, you could, but I'm just saying when you see this on the film, you go, hey, uh, he he pulled that from, you know, some of the ocean dives we did. Hamish, back me up on that. Are you with me? Don't did suck did him you? Are you, did you? Have you seen Avatar? Absolutely. Okay, see, he's the only he's smart one, nice. part of this crew. Oh, I got a little tidbit for yeah. you for, about Kirk. Yeah. Oh, about Kirk Crack. What? Yeah. Well, it, it's he's Canadian, and oh. he had just come back from uh, the Cayman Islands, and he walked into our dive shop. Yeah. And uh, he started talking nitrox and deep diving to us, and a whole bunch of us just signed up there on the spot. So he's actually the reason. I'm a deep diver today. Really? It was, he was my first instructor. How about Kirk Crack was diving. from performance free diving? 
Well, this is long before performance free diving. I was going to say because I didn't know he did that. I thought this, he. This I, is just, the early nineties. Okay. Well, there you go. See, that's before I, I kind of knew his world. But he, he, you know, he, I know him as this massive free diver thing. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's a very accomplished guy. Uh, but that, that's pretty cool Great stuff. Nice well, there you go. It's a small world. You know, our diving uh, diving community. You know, in diving community. Yes, absolutely. All right, you know, look. What? That, what? That daggone little kitty cat behind Vinny is still waving. I don't even know. what, what is, is <laughs> Thanks, he? Jerry. Try to focus. Yeah, focus, please. Please. We don't have time for this. Medications we got a show off. to do. <laughs> That'd be the boost. Would you like to talk diving? Greg the Dive Master's all toweled down and ready to take your call now. Call Scuba Radio at 1-888-88-SCUBA. Hosting a radio show about scuba diving, flying, and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet. It's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products I personally use to enhance my diving, flying, and boating adventures. However, I do believe in sharing the joy. And this is why I wanted to tell you about Nanook Professional Protective Cases. Nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments. From their high-impact NK7 resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook cases generally cost less than similar products currently on the market. From an iPhone to a full set of dive gear, whatever you need to shield from the elements, Nanook Professional Protective Cases has the size, shape, and color for you. Go to Nanook.com. That's N-A-N-U-K.com for Nanook Professional Protective Cases. The evolution of protection. Hey, baby, what's going down? Later, nerd. Are you lacking with the ladies? Nope. Enhance your scuba superpowers with a new scuba radio hat. Wow, nice hat. Just picked it up at scubaradio.com. Buy two scuba radio hats and get free shipping. Need a dive, buddy, sexy? Always, and I got a scuba radio hat for you, too. (sighs) New scuba radio hats are now available at scubaradio.com. So cool. Order yours today or stay a loser. Why didn't I think of that? That was my first thought when I came across the Moray Dive Light. It's a high-quality dive light and noisemaker combined. Two items that can make every dive just a little safer. The Moray Dive Light is built like a tank and can easily mount to your BC or stuffed away in your BC pocket. The noisemaker won't rattle around and activates only when you need it. Ask for the Moray Dive Light at your local dive center or pick one up online at moraydivelights.com. That's moraydivelights.com. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. What truly lurks beneath the sea? What mystery awaits? I wish that the children could see, but I can't find them for the life of me. And there's Halloween spooks 
Yeah, got that to look forward to next week. Literally, a week from today is Halloween, and we're going to be diving down as usual for the world's first radio show devoted to diving. What are you dressing up uh, as, uh, CJ? Uh, Nothing, because I'm not seven years old. What? But you're a scuba diver. This is your excuse to wear your dive gear on the surface and not be looked at as a weirdo. I'm looked at as a weirdo every day. Right, so you're used used to to it. Yeah. Right. Doesn't bother me. Well, yeah, but you should uh, break it out and, and make the most of your uh, dive gear. No, thanks. I mean, Great. Mermaid Kristen is back with us. I'm I'm guessing right. for uh, Halloween, right. Kristen is going to be a mermaid. Am I right, Kristen? No, because that's a cop-out. Oh. Yeah, Greg. <laughs> You're not going to be like a deadly mermaid, like a mermaid from hell or something? And- the sea hag. I did do a photo shoot of, like, an evil siren that I haven't shared any of the photos from yet. Yeah, evil siren. Ooh, a leggy. Uh, no, That's a different type. I have a wedding. One of my friends planned her wedding on Halloween, so I've got a wedding to go to. So I'm going to be dressed hell? up as a, a black tie. Okay, a, yeah, yeah. okay, so wait a minute. You got a friend getting married on Halloween so, next Saturday, literally? And you're part of the wedding, or you're just going to yeah. it? Wow. Are they dressing invited. up? Uh, as like you know, like zombies or something. Like, all right, this is my end of my life. No, Let's get hitched. I, hmm? <laughs> I told her she should have like done like a reception like that, but yeah, her her dress attire is formal, like black tie, so super formal. Really? And I was like, oh. okay. Now go as the uh, siren from hell. I think you should. It's, it's Halloween. Come on, I can't uh, wear this. I stuff. got a little. I got a little clip on devil horns. Okay, well, there you go. No, That's I a little bit of something. All right. All right. Yeah, you are. You yeah. You know, put some gills on your neck or something, you know, just, you know, add some kind of underwater what vibe What are you dressing to it. up as, Greg? Uh, I'm going a, I'm to a dress up as uh, Greg the Dive Master. He has a strap on. Old Greg the Dive Master. Yeah. <laughs> Cro- you mean like a crotch strap? No. Uh, the entire right. Scuba Radio Scuba Squad is supposed to dress up as old Greg. That's what I... Uh, was I'm, told. I'm that, dressing up as Barry. Barry. Yeah, oh, that'd be good. Like, how? How? how what? What will that message? What will that entail exactly? I mean, you guys. You well, you're similar body types, see, I guess. <laughs> okay, so Jerry's going to dress up as Barry, and Barry's going to dress up as Jerry. They're going to flip. Yeah. Jerry, they wearing a trifold hat. Now you don't have enough. You don't have enough beard. It's going to be Enough Freaky beer. Friday is what it's uh, going to be. Mary, well, it's Saturday, so I don't know if that works. Have a goatee. <laughs> See, that's real fur. That's not that speckle you have on your face. Uh-oh, now he's beard shaming him. Oh. <laughs> it's actually called a Van Dyke beard. It's okay. It's okay. All right. You jealous of the beard. Well, one you know, one, uh, I, just a couple years ago, uh, Cat Multi Martini dressed up as one of our mermaids. I still have that picture. Oh, God, it's frightening. Oh, yeah. Oh. So I don't know. You plan to that recreate that magic? Walt. That was many years ago. Many years oh, many ago. ago. Walt, Walt kind of turned red on that, Greg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably Gomez then. It's actually, but, when, but, when Walt calls me, that's the picture that gets uh, brought up on my phone. But, I need Greg, to see that God. photo. Yeah, we can make that happen. That's more about you, Greg. Look at that luxurious hair that he has, Greg. Who? Captain Walt? He does have yeah. a lot of hair. So, you look at him. He has to wire his headphones upside down to keep from messing his hair up. Well, okay. That's fine. What, are you jealous or something? What's yes, the problem? Uh, they, well, I'm not jealous, but CJ would be jealous. 
Uh-oh. I wish, here it comes. I, of course I am. Who, would, who wouldn't want to be Walt? Well, that's true. Everybody wants to be Walt. Of course I am. I don't know. Hamish, do they celebrate uh, Halloween up where you are and do this kind you of bet. craziness? Yeah. Are you, you gonna? Dr- are you going to break out your dive gear or you leave that to the kiddies? Yeah, it's, I got three kids, so it's always uh, turns into a gong show right before, uh, you know, the well, day before they, but, everybody changes what they want to wear. Right. And, but, but, you know, know you're diving in that all, all that cold water up there in, uh, in Vancouver. I, you know, take your dry suit, fill it full of dead leaves and create a corpse. But, your but, kids um, will be scarred for life. Hamish, realize that Greg has never really actually used his dry suit for anything but stuffed leaves. It's the dry suit in the world. Thank you very much. Hey, Hamish, isn't next week Thanksgiving there? No, that's... Yep, is it? Yeah. Oh, really? So it, it, yeah. it's, it's already happened. I but thought early. A month before America. It's like, thank God we're not America. Okay, so, so they <laughs> feast on candy uh, for Thanksgiving in Canada? Is that what happened? I don't know. I didn't know that. That's around the twelfth, the twelfth of October. It's it's real early here. Oh, okay, all right. They get a fresher turkey than we do. Hmm. We have a good buddy who lives uh, in New York, and and it used to be until I mean, obviously, our situation now. But uh, he used to come up every Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, which he calls real Thanksgiving. Uh huh. Of course. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and we we have a big Thanksgiving dinner with him. So, but uh, unfortunately, this year it won't happen. Okay. Well. Yeah. You 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 know you can always dress up as CJ and go as Baldy Box. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. Hairs. And by the way, it's Hamish, not Amish. Yeah, I said Hamish. No, you said Amish, it's Hamish, not Amish. Not that there's anything Hamish, wrong with the said. Amish. It's either way. He's been he can go as Baldy Locks and be like <laughs> CJ. <laughs> Okay, well, thank God we're out of time. He's just mad because we attacked him with that political ad. I think so. Barry put him in a bad mood. (laughs) That hurts. Just uh, that's how things go sometimes. All right, well, uh, we apologize in in advance, so we're covered. And on that, sorry, we'll wrap it up till next time. Remember, it's always better. Where gang? Safe diving, everyone. Scuba Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. This seems the logical place for fish to congregate. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past editions of Scuba Radio worldwide over the internet at scubaradio.com. So we're in international waters? Indeed so. Tell a friend and buddy up with your radio every week for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Well, it's all very nice here, but we should be going. I miss me wife and me oxygen. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and gases. Let's go! The opinions you just heard on Scuba Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. Okay, you know, what I just heard? Blah, 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 blah. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. Come on, quit yanking me. Scuba diving does involve risk and should never be conducted without proper instruction and training. Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at scubaradio.com.